This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger, and I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Here at The Art of Charm, we don't have all the answers, but we definitely have all the right questions. Today on Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you. If you're new to the Art of Charm podcast, Fan Mail Friday is not the ideal place to start. Most of our content is much more in-depth and much longer format, so check out the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got the fundamentals of body language and nonverbal communication, attraction, negotiation, networking, influence, persuasion, and everything else we teach here at The Art of Charm. We'll send all this to your inbox if you text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 334. 444 in the USA, or if you're anywhere else, just go to theartofcharm.com. All right, let's cut to it. Hello, Jordan. About a year ago, I was incredibly unhappy with my job, so I quit. I was in a place I thought I would never find myself, completely unhappy with everything in my life, in a city I worked so hard to move to for school, but completely unhappy, single, alone, unemployed, and just an overall negative person. I decided things needed to change, and I moved back home two hours away to my parents' house to really figure out things and to find a new job. I discovered your podcast around this time, and I can say that it helped me in this reset process. During this time, I met my boyfriend and was driving back and forth the two hours to the city for school and to see him. I ended up moving back to the city, landing a job in software, paying double my previous salary, and graduating with my bachelor's degree this past May. During the 10 months my boyfriend and I have been together, I can honestly say I fell deeply in love with him and he expressed the feelings are mutual. I've never, in any relationships I've been in, felt so sure and secure about my feelings and about the overall trust in our relationship. For the time we've been together, we've been very serious, as he works in the medical field and is in his fourth year of residency. This leaves him with little to no free time to devote to things other than work. This has left me to make more sacrifices or work to make our relationship work. I honestly don't mind this because I understand how his lifestyle is, and I feel basically I signed up for this, so I have no right to complain. He recently found out he'll be doing his fellowship in Washington, D.C. and will leave next July. He's always assured me of the commitment to our relationship, saying that to him, it's not about the time we have been together, but rather the quality of our relationship. He's 29 and has never, as he stated, allowed himself to fall in love with someone because his field is so incredibly competitive and he can't afford any distractions. He's constantly told me how special and different I am to him from any other person he's met. He's expressed this in how caring, attentive, and the overall unconditional love he's showed me. In the recent month and a half, we've begun to fight a bit about mundane things and have always talked it out and completely resolved our disagreements. Therefore, I was beyond shocked and completely destroyed when I accidentally discovered on his phone he was using Tinder and happened to talk to other women. When he realized I unlocked his phone and saw a message in Happen, he grabbed the phone and immediately began to delete the apps. I became completely enraged and started crying as he continued to deny it, saying, 
I was seeing things and that he loves only me. Once he realized I wasn't buying it, he confessed and said he'd been angry after one of our fights in the previous month. And he used the apps to text these women for a week, but he never talked or met up with any of them. And he simply forgot about the apps on his phone. I wanted to verify this was true to the extent of what happened and asked to see the messages, but he refused and wouldn't even allow me to hold his phone. He said he didn't want to upset me any more than he already had. I packed all my things and left. I'd always told him cheating was the one thing in a relationship I could never forgive since I've been previously cheated on. He called and texted and explained it was a stupid mistake he'd made and it did it in a moment of anger. I completely stopped talking to him. Now I'm left just broken and lost because I honestly can't believe he did this since our relationship was so perfect. We discussed how, regardless of our time together, we'd wanted a future together. I don't know what I should do. Should I try to talk things through and rebuild our relationship, even though that's going past my strong beliefs in trust and monogamy? Should I just forget about who I believe is the love of my life and has contributed so much to my personal growth? Any advice would help. Jamila. Hey, Jamila. Look, the unfortunate truth here is the trust is broken, so this is definitely over. Luckily, you're young enough so you can start again, and you're not starting over. You've got an experience to work with here, which is going to be very important, unfortunate, hard lesson. And don't believe his lies about, oh, it's just this once, etc. He's just trying to get out of trouble because he has a fear of loss because he had you putting up with his other stuff, and doormat girlfriends can be hard to replace. Yeah, it sounds harsh, but there it is. He sounds self-centered, to be honest. And also, you say you're worried about forgetting the love of your life. This is a scarcity mindset. This is what's leading you to bad relationships in the first place. You think there's only one when there are literally millions of guys that will treat you better than this guy that you will have the same chemistry with. So leaning on him like this is the one person, this is what's going to land you in hot water because you're going to have a fear of loss. You're going to be afraid to let somebody go like that, even if it means putting up with all of their crap. There is no one love of your life. This sort of soulmate mentality means you're putting your partners on a pedestal and you're making yourself willfully blind to their bad behavior. And once you realize you can find someone else, and in fact you can find many someone else's if you want to, then this becomes far less devastating because the stakes go way, way down. There's probably a lot more going on here as well, but that's what I've got for now. Thanks, Jamila. All right, question two. Jordan, hi there. Love your show. I especially enjoy Jason's voice reading the Fan Mail Friday questions. Very soothing in the episodes also with Kim Seltzer. Well, thank you very much. Except Kim's advice isn't working for me. I'm 32 years old, attractive, and a successful woman living in New York City. I'm in a male-dominated industry, which is uh, entertainment and media, and I love what I do. I'm an alpha female, and for many years I dated with my guard up. Expressing emotions is not easy for me. I never trusted men. Most of the men in my industry are famous and pretty sleazy. I never let men see the real me and treated them as disposable. I had no shortage of dates, but I never had a real connection with anyone either. After reading several self-help books and taking in Kim's advice, I've tried to soften my ways. Now I express my feelings. I try to smile more and give quality men, regardless of appearance, job, or height, a chance. I let men take the lead on dates. I'm less of an argumentative know-it-all, and yes, I wear dresses. Nothing is working. Anytime I show emotion or vulnerability, these alpha men run away. I can't tell you the number of times I've shed a tear or been honest about my insecurities and they disappear. Poof. I'm not talking about the first date. These are men I've known for months. It's like the word feelings is a man repellent. In contrast, men seem to love when I'm mean, demanding, flaky, or bitchy. I don't want to be a bitch. I don't want to play childish games. I want a real connection with a real man. 
I fear that this cycle of rejection will kill my femininity and lead me to build my walls up all over again. So here's my question for Fan Mail Friday. What do I do? Do men really love bitches? Signed, Erica. Hey, Erica. There's probably a lot of stuff going on here, but I'll tell you, I think that you might be attracting the guys that want the so-called bitch through work or social scenes, and then they're turned off when you're vulnerable on the date because they're expecting one thing, your regular personality, you know, your your kind of hard-ass thing that's turning these guys on, but they're getting another. And there's there's definitely more going on here, but I can't tell just yet. I almost promise you that that's part of it, though. It's not that all men love bitches. It's just that guys that you're attracting, you're attracting with one side of your personality, and they're frankly not ready for the real other side of your personality. So you end up in this weird dilemma because you don't want to hide your personality from people because that's going to be a recipe for disaster. But also the guys that you're attracting in large part, they're looking for one thing. Maybe they're even almost fetishizing this one side of your personality. And then when they get to see that vulnerability, either it's too much too soon or they really don't want that at all and they're more looking for you to be dominant. So you have to decide whether or not you're willing to do that. Uh, If not, it's just a numbers game. You really just got to run it. And maybe don't date inside your industry. I think that might be part of the problem. That industry might reflect a certain set of personality characteristics that they find attractive that you have some of. And so I would say date different types of men and maybe experiment with how much vulnerability you do showcase early on, but don't jump into the role of an actress or you're going to end up in big trouble when you end up having somebody fall in love with a fake version of you. So it's a, it's a balancing act. There's more going on here, like I said, but that's what I got for now. Thanks, Erica. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to Kajabi dot com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. 
Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years going through endless resumes. Well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for listening and supporting The Art of Charm. For a list of all the amazing sponsors and discount codes, visit theartofcharm.com slash advertisers. Now, back to Fan Mail Friday. All right, next up. Hey, Jordan. I've got a weird ladder-holding issue for you. Many times I end up being placed in positions of leadership not by seeking them out, but by just falling into them. I understand that your analogy was one of, what are you getting stuck doing for others? But can leadership being thrown at a person fall into this category, and do you see that as a positive or a negative? When I was a church-going man, I was picked to lead youth groups of all ages, and as I grew up, I led small groups of adults. I never sought it out, and never even shared that this is a thing I wanted to do. In my theater life, I've been thrust into directing positions, stage managing, and teaching positions, not out of my love for those things, but just because I may have been at the right place at the right time. Currently, I run my own theater company, but it's based off of the training I've had thrusted upon me and not out of ever seeking to do this. Even the company was someone else's idea. They took me on as a co-lead, and then he left, leaving me as the head of the company. I do enjoy these tasks, and have always taken them because it would seem rude not to, and hey, someone needs to do it but it's rarely ever my idea. So I feel like I'm holding the ladder, but for myself, if that makes any sense. Love to hear your thoughts on this. Signed, Leader by Default. Hey, Leader by Default. I think for me, my my gut here says, it seems like people see something in you that maybe you don't. I mean, maybe it should be an honor, a compliment. People think you're up to the challenge and that you can rise to the occasion. So try it, rise to the occasion. If you don't want to do it, think about why and see if maybe you can find a leadership position that you are interested in. Maybe it's just these particular ones that that you're not interested in, or maybe you think that people are sticking you with this because they're bad jobs, or sticking you with this because you're too afraid to say no. It's hard to say the way that they're thinking when they give you this role is different, obviously, than the way you're thinking about it when you accept it or when you feel forced to accept it. So if you're not interested at all, ask yourself why you don't want the responsibility. And often it comes down to fear of failure or something similar. This might be a great opportunity to move through that stuff and grow a little bit. So keep us posted. All right, Q4. Hi, Jordan. First of all, I want to say how awesome your podcast is. I feel like I receive a lot of valuable advice and information that makes me think and puts me ahead of the curve. I'm starting my first year of college next week. I'm beyond thrilled, but I know that I'm going to have a lot of social barriers to break down. I'm moving into an apartment with roommates that I've never actually met in person. We've connected over social media and have chatted a bit, but I don't know any of them on a more intimate level. Here's my problem. 
I have the tendency to judge and assume people's intentions and personalities, sometimes without actual facts to base it on. Often I'll create scenarios or situations I may encounter and try to solve them before they actually exist. This happens even with people I've known for a long time, especially after I haven't seen them for a while in person. I'm afraid it'll result in awkward situations and conversations with people that I judge right off the bat. I believe in communication, sometimes excessively, and I practice it often to help make my intentions clear and have a better understanding of my friends and contacts. Yet recently, I still find myself having problems in arguments that end up being based off misunderstandings. As I go into college, I want to be approachable and willing to approach others. Is this defense mechanism a tool I can use or manipulate? Is it something I should quote-unquote fix? Any advice is helpful. Signed, Judgy Social Butterfly. Hey, Judgy Social Butterfly. A lot of people are like this. I think there's something evolved here, right? It's a defense mechanism. Uh, it can also be very helpful, of course, but you're letting your imagination, which is really all it is, well, your guts, I should say, and your imagination in, con on, in concert with these first impressions here, you're letting that create bias. And bias, unfortunately, is it's a wedge that will be driven between you and every single new relationship that you find yourself in. How has this bias served you well in the past? That's the question you gotta ask yourself. How has this bias served you well in the past? What does it do for you that you're enjoying, that you're using, or that you're maybe addicted to doing? Or maybe you avoided some seriously hard situations, or maybe you didn't, and now you feel like you have to trust your gut because earlier something happened and you know you, you didn't trust your guts and that'll never happen to you again. I mean, I'm wondering if there's something like that that's not in this email here, so let us know. Maybe I'm missing something. But if it's not useful, you need to break the habit. This is just like any other habit in that you need to exercise discipline and stop whenever you notice yourself doing it. Don't punish yourself for not being able to stop right away, however. Just like any other habit, it's gonna take some time. But even the awareness that you're doing this is a great step in the right direction. So awareness, then if you can, take that little beat and stop yourself from doing it and try to keep an open mind and after a while, with positive reinforcement of the people and the relationships that you do have by not being judgy, you're, you might actually end up not doing this much anymore because it won't serve you as well anymore. So hopefully that can be a habit that you can break. Keep us posted. I am very curious how this goes for you because I think a lot of people have that and uh, maybe aren't even aware of it. All right, next up. Hello. I really enjoy your podcast and the interesting quandaries you address each Friday. Here's my situation. I'm a director-level employee at a rapidly growing digital health company. A male at the VP level of the organization has been rude and unprofessional to me since I started working there. We had a pretty negative encounter early on in my tenure when he tried to exploit what he viewed as a mistake that I made, but actually another employee lied about something I said, but later admitted to lying about it. He exaggerated the story to try and ruin my reputation. It didn't work since many didn't believe the story he was spinning anyway. He often undermines my projects by planting seeds of doubt in others, and just recently he tried to take over a very large project of mine. It caused my peers to come to me to say, why is he asking me about this and not you? He knows nothing about it. Aren't you the expert with this? Why is he trying to undermine you? This exec is often seen by others as toxic, unprofessional, extremely controlling, and feels he should be part of every project regardless of his expertise. Here's the bigger problem. The CEO thinks this guy is amazing. I now document all of my encounters with him, including any time I hear someone say he said something about me or his employees forward me emails that say, leave her out of this project. I feel like I could potentially have a valid EEOC complaint. I've tried multiple times to meet with him head on to discuss the real issues, 
He avoids me every time. I've been told he avoids me because he knows I'll call him out on his unprofessional behavior and he is completely unable to own it. So how do you continue to work with someone who is so insecure and insincere, but is definitely not going to go anywhere because the CEO believes in him? More importantly, how do I continue to try to work with someone who is clearly threatened by me? Thanks. Over it. Wow. Hey, over it. This totally sucks. This guy, this guy sounds awful. I think you should keep documenting this stuff and you should seek out other job offers in the meantime. Maybe you can secure something or you can just feel out the market and also report this to the CEO because if this goes south, you can leave and you can definitely file a lawsuit if needed. Before any of the above, though, get an employment lawyer and lawyer up first. You can probably find a lawyer who will take this case on contingency. In other words, you don't pay unless they win or settle something. Basically, they get paid on what you get paid. You may want to first consult with a non-contingency lawyer, though, just because contingency lawyers only get paid if they sue. So the answer for everything for them is sue the bastards. So you might want to pay a regular employment lawyer for a little bit of advice. And then if you do end up going to lawsuit, you can either use that same lawyer or you can ask that same lawyer to work on contingency. So get Get advice first, even if you have to pay a little bit for it. But this sounds just like a terrible situation. So you should be in cover your butt mode and also scanning the market for something new because I don't see this guy improving. And if the CEO really does think he's amazing, if you end up forcing a choice, you might not be the one that gets chosen and that can't come as a surprise. Hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. A link to this blog post can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF80. Also, don't forget about the Art of Charm Challenge. Text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 in the USA or anywhere else. Just go to theartofcharm.com. We'll take you step-by-step on becoming better at making personal and professional connections, becoming a better networker, increasing your personal social capital and your charisma, and it's for both guys and gals, so check it out. Text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 in the U.S., or if you're not, just go to theartofcharm.com. Quick shout-out to Joshua Francium in India. It sounds like an element. In Indiana, he found AOC, and he listens on his commute. You are not alone. I think almost 100,000 commuters are listening to AOC. And to architect Michael Robin in Shanghai, listening while he designs buildings in China. Very cool. Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up, and I will shout you out. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps that we run every single week here in L.A. So if you really want to dig into this stuff and work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches, this is how you do it. You go to bootcamp.theartofcharm.com, and you let us know, and you come in, and you change your life. Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, stay charming. Get out there and connect and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and more at theartofcharmpodcast.com.